but there are times when, as a player, you sometimes find your way to dig down deep for a performance to get you back right. And the Cowboys historically have struggled against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And he's still John Wick to me until you bury him. He is. I'm sorry. I've I've played against him, and I've watched him for a very long time. And there's still some, there's still some, uh, like there's assassin in him. When When you turn on the film, there's still some assassin in him there is there is there is a lot of baby in him. There's a lot of diva in oh him. Gosh, yes. There's a ton of that. But at the end of the day, he's still flicking that ball around the football field. He still has the arm strength. He still has the intelligence. And then there's just something that I, I I feel, and I know this that there's sometimes there are certain teams that just and players that just have your number, that just perform well against you. And the Cowboys are going to have to come and bury him. Yes. Now, the Cowboys are more than capable of doing this, but they are going to have to bury him. And there's one dude who I'm not satisfied until the triple zeros are on the board. There's there's, there's a couple 12s who, who still give me that angst. It's Aaron Rodgers and it's Tom Brady. And so we're going to have to bury him for four quarters until all three of those zeros are on that clock and the game is over. You 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 know about that video in like 94 when Steve Young won the Super Bowl and he had the guy pulling a fake monkey <laughs> off his back? Yep. I understand the Cowboys beat the Packers before. They did it in 2016 in Lambeau. Rookie Dak, rookie Zeke. But then it, then it feel like he's still on your back. And, and I don't care if they're three and six. I feel like getting a victory against Aaron Rodgers, and not just a victory, but a potential to bury them and keep them out the playoffs, is like getting a monkey off your back with this guy. Yes. No, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. And it's it's you know this is one of those things where if you bury them, they die, mm. right? I think I think the Cowboys beat them, they die, and they're done, and they're kind of out of our hair for this year. But if you don't. You give them confidence, you give them life, and there's a possibility that down the road you may have to run into them again. And those are things because, yeah, I would love to get Green Bay out of the playoff picture. I would love to get Tampa out of the playoff picture because I am, I, I, you don't have to beat these dudes 12 times, but in a one game situational scenario, you have to have some sort of reservation and some sort of fear for dudes who have historically won in the playoffs, dudes that will historically beat you in the playoffs as well. So bury these dudes right now and get them out your hair, and you won't have to worry them for the rest of the year. But if you don't and you give them hope, not only will they win in this game, but you may have to see them down the road again, and that's something I just don't want to have to deal with, you know, later on when it, when it, when it, when the chips are really on the line. When you were talking about Aaron Rodgers, how he could still flick the ball and whatnot, I just got done watching the Lions game, uh, the tape, and I'm like, yeah, he's he still can make those type of throws, those window throws. The the slot fade is still one of the best in the league. Um, you know, He throws a contested ball better than most. He's going to give a big guy like Alan Lazar, who's 6'5", right? He can jump over. And Anthony Brown, if you give him a chance, 
He can mm-hmm. still put his guys in position. But the problem is, for the first time in quite some time, and, and maybe in his career, he don't got them dudes yeah. anymore. And it's evident. This Packers offense, Jesse, and this was a surprising number to me because I, I was, you know, I watched them kind of casually. But when you're studying them as your opponent, I came across they're averaging 17 points per game. That took me by surprise, you know, because that's still Aaron Rodgers over there. And you could argue, hey, this is prime example of great quarterbacks can be great. But if you don't surround them with, at the very least, adequate guys, if not better guys, this can happen. And Rodgers already has more interceptions now than he's had in like seven years, six or seven years. It's it's. It's not a career bad year, but it's one of those years where you don't expect to see from an Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, do you think they have enough to 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 I hate to say win? We want to pick win or lose, but to pose a real threat offensively. Yeah, I mean, I know right now they're twenty seventh in the league in scoring, but like I said earlier, is is Aaron Rodgers getting dressed? Right? Is because if, if he's getting dressed, they have enough. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's getting dressed, sorry, that's Mamba in the back. Yeah, I hear him. It's one of those uh, things where I'd be like, if, is four playing? If four is playing, four, then we're going to have a shot. It's, we got a shot. Yeah. We, 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 got, we got a shot. And, and and that's the biggest thing. And, yes, he doesn't he doesn't have a Devontae um, uh, Adams, and he doesn't have a Jordy Nelson, and he doesn't have, you know. Uh, Greg Jennings uh, uh, and the Don Drivers and the Healthy Cobb. You know, all the different weapons. But at the end of the day, He's the kind of quarterback, and, and very few are cerebral enough to find and pick matchups and literally pick on you. So, you know, you think about things like Anthony Brown, right? And you're like, boy, I, there, there are situations, scenarios where he can line up wherever he wants over Anthony Brown and attack him for seven plays in a row. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's that kind of cerebral person and that, that kind of a quarterback that if he finds a matchup that he likes, he will attack it and attack it, and attack it, and attack it until you fix it, and then he'll find the next open guy. Now, granted, they have to – he can find the matchup, but he has to, one, complete the – throw the ball, complete the pad, they have to catch it. But it's – stop. But on the flip side of that, we also got to be able to stop their running game. So yes. do they have enough? If 12 is, is in uniform, yes, they have enough. But we can bury him. But we have to do it for four quarters. That is going to be the, the theme for me is finish. Bury him and, like, don't don't just, like, you know, like in those movies where they may shoot a guy and think he's dead? Yeah. No. You got a mafia style him. Shoot him. Put walk him up dirt. to him. Put two more bullets right here in between the eyes. Yeah. And make sure that he's done. None of that. Shoot him and then wait to go look out the window and now he gone. Now he Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and he coming back for twenty something years. No, 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 no. Put him out. Put him out. Put him like this is one of those games where if you can get up forty, go up forty. If you can get up fifty, go get up fifty, and don't stop sending. Don't don't get in prevent. Don't get no send the house. Got send it. the house. Go get him. Tag him. Hit him. I'm okay with a couple even late hits. You know, go go but go get this Joker. There's a scene in The Walking Dead where uh, the woman doesn't want to, you know, kill this this girl because she's going to turn into a zombie. She goes and says, just look at the flowers. She takes her out, out back and makes her look at the flowers and ends her. 
There's yeah. no there's no waiting around till she turns. Don't let Aaron Rodgers turn into the boogeyman. Put his yeah. ass out before the lights go out and he's under your bed. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Be done with him and be done with him for the season. And because that that buries them. They lose to us. That that they would have to go on a miraculous run to get. And I don't think they have that in them. But I don't no, think so. You was giving me some nightmares though when you was talking about it. pick on you and he pick on you and pick on you. I just kept thinking about 2017, I think it was, or maybe it was 19. No, 17. When Aaron Rodgers uh, on a rookie Jordan Lewis, the yeah. game winning drive, he targeted him three times, twice in the red zone, back to back plays. First play, Jordan Lewis made a great play, pass breakup. Second play, touchdown, game over. <laughs> he didn't care. So, you know, you was giving me some nightmares, man, when, when I was thinking but about that, it. But that's who he is. Like, that's who he is as a quarterback, as a competitor. And trust and believe you me, and, and this is – I say your guy jokingly, but you don't think he turned on a film in, in, in the scene, Anthony Brown in coverage? Yes. You don't think he's seen that? Like, you you, 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 better, you better bet your bottom dollar he has. You better bet every, every dime that you got. He's turned on that film and he says, yeah, I might not go over there and play too much with number seven. Oh, but the other dude that he got on the other side? Oh, he's he's lunch meat. He's food. Hey. And I'm I'm gonna test his chin until he proves me wrong in every way, shape, or form. And so, you know, he he's telling his guys the same thing. Like, hey, listen, fellas, like you listen, we might not be able to attack digs on a lot of different things, maybe some double moves, stuff like that. We may be able to get them on. But hey, this other dude, when you go on the, when you go on the other side, the right side, our right side. Oh, it's opportunity there. He's saying that to his guys. He's telling his guys there's opportunities there to win. Dudes have been winning on that side all year long. I'm, I'm, I'm not like I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm not whoever they thought. Whoever I'm, I'm not right. Uh, 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 the boy from Chicago. I'm not Justin Fields. I'm not Jared Goff. I'm, no, 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 no. You win, we gonna eat. I, I ain't gonna miss too many. I ain't gonna miss too many of these. And, and I think. You know, he threw three interceptions last week in the red zone. Don't miss the mistake. Don't don't miss the key line in that sentence. Red zone. He was in the red zone three times. <laughs> right? And that's the first time in 20 years, 20 years, that he's thrown that many interceptions in the red zone. You think that ain't sitting on him a little bit? That, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get back. I'm If I get back in now, I'm, I'm going to make right by this. So there, there's a lot of things that's there that's still – you, you should have pause for concern when it comes to the boogeyman. Something maybe we'll talk about on Sunday on Game Day Live at Texas Live. Uh, if we talk about bouncing the house, AB might be theirs <laughs> for for uh, Alan Lazard. Seriously, man, I was watching Lazard. He's not a bad receiver. I think he's pretty decent. Um, and, and he fits Aaron Rodgers perfectly because he's a big receiver. Aaron Rodgers throws some of the best go-up-and-get-it balls, right, and, and, and fades and whatnot. And I'm just wondering – and just just put a pin in this for Sunday. If you if you elect to travel, and it sounds crazy because it's it's Alan Lazard, but do you travel Trayvon Diggs? Trayvon does excellent against big receivers, so just something to think about for uh, for Sunday, Jesse. Yeah, no, and and you know the thing that I, I, you know a lot of other teams do that we don't do, but you know they they run some of those you know, rub routes. They they run some of those things where they get guys um, caught up in that traffic. And and now you know, and that's the one thing. If if Trayvon struggles in certain things, if he struggles in getting through traffic cleanly, 
in his coverage. And I think for Trayvon, he gets bored. Hmm. He gets bored sometimes back there. And then when, like last uh, last week, when he got beat on that fake deep over comeback. Crazy. And he, he was ready to jump that route. He was sitting back there. He took off. All that stuff is on film. Aaron Rodgers is going to see that and go, hey, we, we got an opportunity here. If we're going to play against Trayvon Diggs, I'm probably going to try to do him on something where it's a double move or when he's playing really, really off cover and stuff like that. But they're going to try to get those guys, you know, caught up in that wash, caught up in that, you know, kind of sending guys on those shallow crosses and other guys, you know, just try to create things. And, and, and then a guy like Robert Tunyon is another guy, the tight end. Their leading receiver think, uh, with catches. I don't, I don't want any of these guys to get going, but, you know, go back to the last couple of weeks. Who's been eating against us defensively? Some of the tight ends have been been getting off on us, you know, uh, on our defense. So, I think it all is going to boil down to though can can the Cowboys contain Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon? Um, that I'm trying to think here, Saquon, you know, but from a tandem department, that might be your, the best tandem you've seen so far, right? I would imagine. Yeah, I didn't check the injury report today, but what do they say about about Aaron Jones? Is he he was somehow miraculously he he's uh he practiced today in a limited fashion after being in a boot on Sunday, which yeah. is kind wow. of crazy. Yeah. So, but he's dealing with some things. Their coach said that you know, I quote, potentially he could play. So maybe we have to monitor that right tomorrow and Friday and Saturday. But if they Fun fact yeah. about Aaron Jones, he he wants to play this game. His father is the biggest Cowboy fan ever. Mm. Like his family, he's from Texas. He's from like El Paso or something like that. His family, huge Cowboy fans. When when I when I was calling the games for uh, the other station, um, his, we saw Aaron Jones jersey. I remember saying something to him like, "Aaron Jones jersey, you must be family." Yeah. I'm like, you know, and this is before Aaron Jones became Aaron Jones. It was that breakout game. And he, yeah, right. It was, and he pulled up his shirt, and it was a Tony Dorsett jersey underneath. He's like, Aaron Jones is my son. He goes, but boy, I'm a huge Cowboy fan, so I'm rocking my son jersey. Oh, that's dope. But he's like, but boy, I tell you, boy, I'm, I'm a. And if you know, Aaron Jones, all his people are from they from like El Paso or somewhere like Southern Texas, Harlingen or something like that, down down the southern sector of Texas, um, by the border. But his family's dad's huge, 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 huge Cowboy fans. So trust and believe if there's a will, not a will, Sky, but if there's a will, there'll be a way for Aaron Jones to play in this game because he he he, he loves playing against the Cowboys because his family's Cowboys fans. That's a cool story because that was the game that made Aaron Jones a household name. You, it, yep. And it seems to happen all the dang on time with the Cowboys. Another uh, running back that happened with, I forget his name, I think it was like Rodgers or something, uh, who broke off against the Cowboys. But Aaron Jones had four touchdowns that game, man, and, and he's – now one of the best backs in the NFL, and they have one of the best tandems in the NFL with him and A.J. Dillon, who is the, the, the power, the thunder. I think it's going to come down to, to controlling the line of scrimmage, dealing with the – they do some cool run schemey things. Um, some, believe it or not, they do RPO stuff. I know that sounds like, well, they don't, gotta, they don't have a running quarterback. People confuse read option with RPO far too often. Like, it's run, pass, option. School not read option. He's not running, y'all. He's going to hand it off or he's going to pull it and throw it on a slant. And they do that a lot. Um, and that's where kind of I get a little bit worried about a little AB on a 6'5 guy. But 
Listen, it's going to come down to stopping those two dudes to me, Jesse. Oh yeah, they, they, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. I know that sounds crazy because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, but no. But as they, if if we get a running game going, when you talk about the RPO and play action and him sticking it in the gut and pulling it back out, and like he has, like when he throws the ball, he throws it with so much ease, but it has so much velocity. Oh, and it's so smooth. Like it's so smooth. There's no stopping his motion. Like if, right. if he pulls, it's like when he when he's pulling the ball, you know, out from the RPO, it's all one motion. I'm pulling and boom, it's it's all right. one motion. And and I know I know Pat Mahomes is in the league, and again, I, I hate to even give this dude credit right now because he's the ops, but I still don't know that I've seen in my lifetime, which I'm not that old, a guy be able to just throw the ball with ease as accurately as powerful. As beautiful as Aaron Rodgers, man. Seriously. No, and, and from any platform, right? That's the word of the day. Like, platform now is like he throws it from every arm angle, from any way. Again, I I still am mystified and and and, and dumbfounded at the, the sideline throw to Jared Cook. Oh, man. Check this out. I mean, when they show the clip, the ball's still in his hands, and he's, he's rolling left, and there's no feet on the ground. When he throws it, his feet are off the ground, and he throws a forty-yard strike to bury us. Yeah, like that's just like like that. That to me will be like etched in my mind forever. That a dude rolled to his weak side, left his feet, and was able to throw a strike that it was high enough that the that the underneath defender couldn't tip it, and it was outside far enough away from the diving Byron Jones who. If it's six inches inside, Byron Jones gets a hand on it incomplete. We might we, we win. Cowboys are going to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, if it's six inches outside, his knee touches out of bounds first. Game's over. It's Cowboys going on. You know, but th- that that to me is still insane. It, and and I also dub Aaron Rodgers the most arrogant thrower in the NFL. Not just player, like like his he he's arrogant in in the throws that he attempts because he knows I can make these throws. You know, seventy percent of the time. Uh, lately, though, this year, <clears throat> excuse me, especially in that Lions game, um, that arrogance cost him. And yeah. I think that's something the Cowboys safeties, the cornerbacks, they're going to have to make Aaron Rodgers pay for his arrogance because it's against McCarthy. It's at home. They're on a five-game losing streak. No doubt in my mind Aaron Rodgers is going to be pressing a little bit, Jesse. But that that doesn't mean – that's not always a bad thing because if you're a certain type of player – Pressing could just mean I know the pressure is on me, so now I'm going to play up to that pressure. And sometimes it busts pipes, sometimes it makes diamonds. But, but I just think Diggs and Dono and Curse and Malik, these guys are going to, even AB, these guys are going to have to take advantage of some of those 50 50 throws or those arrogant throws that Aaron Rodgers is going to attempt. And, and, and the thing about him is, is that you can, you can bet your bottom that they're coming. Oh. They're coming. The, the arrogant throws are coming. And you have to capitalize on it. And, and it's gonna be that, that's the that's the important part of this whole this whole deal is Aaron will give you opportunities. But his opportunities aren't if you miss, they miss. His opportunities are if you miss, they you win. If you miss, you pay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you know, sometimes, oh, we could have got that one, but ah, no, Aaron is I'm gonna give you a chance to make a play, but if you don't. We're gonna make the play on it. The, the throw, the throw is gonna be where it needs uh, to be to make that play. And you know, this is the guy who I think invented the back shoulder fade. Mm. 
he he was the one who invented the back shoulder fade many years ago with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and that crew, and they started running those back shoulder fades. So you can believe with Alan, you know, with, with uh, Alan Lazard that those type of things are going to come. But the Cowboys, to me, this game is going to be one. It's going to be one. I guess it's like a broken record. We've said it all year. Is if Micah and company can get that pressure up front. Yep. David Bakhtiari was was, was banged up. Game was banged up. I don't know what he, how he's going to come in this game, but there is. Many and many, many opportunities there that when it comes to getting after Aaron Rodgers, I want to get after him. I want to touch him. I want to frustrate him. I want him complaining and whining and yelling on the sideline. I want him out of rhythm. I want him out of I want I want him just completely frustrated. Yeah, I I think getting healthy on the defense side of the ball, Terrell Basham has been activated. You're getting back uh Sam Williams. Uh, having waves of pass rushers, the Dante Fowlers, the Dorrance Armstrongs, D-Law, Micah Parsons, these are waves of guys as opposed to 2016 when you had to run out, you know, the Jeremy Menzies of the world, or 2014 when you had guys like Jeremy Menzies and George Selvey, Jack Crawford, and Tyron Like, no offense to these dudes, but you didn't, you weren't equipped from a pass rushing standpoint to deal with him. I think you are now, and, uh, you know, when you sh- if you can contain that run game, now let's tee off on A-Rod because when he's been pressured this year, listen to this, when he's been pressured, his completion percentage drops to 47%, 45%. And that is not common for Aaron Rodgers this year. But what does that tell me, at least, or tell you, at least it tells me he didn't have Aaron Adam, Adams out there. He didn't have the, you know, G- Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson's guys where if I'm pressured, I trust them, throw it. They're going to be where they need to be or they're going to make a play. So get that pressure on A-Rod, man. It's funny. It's funny when you don't have a number one. How your quarterback kind of struggles. Crazy, it's right? Weird. Yeah. It's a weird, weird concept in the league that we play in nowadays. Don't have a number one, and wonder why guys struggle out there. Or, or even, even adequate lower tier number ones or top tier number two. He doesn't have that right now. I, this is completely sidebar, and I'll I'll die on this hill. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers' tenure there, and some of it towards the end has been his fault because of his selfishness about playing and not playing whatever but they have done one of the poorest jobs of having a legit first ballot hall of fame quarterback and not selling out to get him proper weapons to compete like even when they got Devontae adams like Devontae adams was a project Devontae adams years. didn't come out the gate you know Devontae adams it was a built-up thing and Devontae really worked hard to become who he is today but like Imagine like um, imagine Aaron Rodgers having like a prime Odell or a prime, uh, uh, you know, have one of these kids like Je- uh, Jefferson or I'm telling you uh, something right now. Or Chase if, or something like that. If C.D. Lamb was in in in, in Green Bay right now, C.D. Lamb be leading the league in receptions. He'd be feeding C.D. Lamb 17 times a game because he's the only dude. He'd be the best receiver over there right now. And he don't even have always, that. Yeah, I just always remember like. <laughs> That y'all thought enough of Aaron Rodgers or a lack thereof of Aaron Rodgers that you lined up for an entire season legitimately Ty Montgomery as your starting running back. How? Converted like they, they, running. They've always, I've always said that. Like, and I get the last couple of years Aaron has been kind of like, you know, whatever. But, like, man, for, to have that level of talent. Like, at least with Brett Favre, you gave him, you know, you gave him Dorsey Levins. He had a good running game. You gave him Jennings. And, you know, you got – he had Sterling. He had Sterling Sharp at some point. He had players around him, but like Aaron, for for his talent level, Tom Brady has had some Hall of Fame guys around him. 
they just always gave Aaron Rodgers the short end of the stick. Yeah, they've they've always had to develop guys, the Jordy Nelsons, Cobbs, and Vontae's are development. Yeah. And and I don't I think Christian Watson might have been the first wide receiver in a, in the Rodgers era. They took in you know rounds one or two or something crazy like that. It was a crazy stat, man. Crazy stat. But all right, let's get to a couple questions from Cowboys Nation. I got two of them. And you already know one is about Odell Beckham. But uh, this one from my guy, Mel Hayes. He says, the Cowboys have a stretch of uh, Green Bay, at Green Bay, at Minnesota, home for the Giants. What is your expected record for this stretch? Um, I expect them to be 3-0. and <laughs> mm. That is my expected record. Uh, none of those teams... Um, uh, again, there is a fear for me when I say fear, like I don't, I don't have to play the game, but there is a caution for me when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. you should beat Minnesota and you should beat the giants. Like you have a good enough team to do that. And then if you don't, then again, you fooled us in being really Super Bowl, you know, making yourself Super Bowl contenders. If you can't beat teams like that and however you want to cut, you know, cut the bread, these next couple games, two being, I mean, one of them being in a division, all three being in the NFC. Yes. You want to catch the Eagles? You need to win these football games. You need to win these football games because if, even if you beat the Eagles and y'all both went out, now you start going on the tiebreakers. You start going into, all right, what is our head to head? Okay, cool. What is our NFC record, NFC East record? If your NFC East record is the same, cool. Now what is our NFC record? Now those games that you may have lost against the Packers or against the 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 uh, uh, the Vikings, that can come back and haunt you. If you want to win this division and and find yourself home, maybe with the bye or home record, then you need to win these next three games because the Eagles they got a, they got a, the Cowboys got a pretty good cakewalk when you got, you know, you got the Colts and you got Jacksonville, so, you know, but Philadelphia got a cakewalk too. Yeah. You're going to need, you're going to need Philly to, to slip up at some point, but this, I'm looking at the schedule. This actually is your most important stretch the rest of the way. This is the most important stretch for exactly what you said. Three NFC games. One is a division. Another is against a seven and one team that, Hey, there's some tiebreakers that may come down to play with that. Um, and, and let's just go in order at green Bay. You got a chance to bury Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. at Minnesota. You got a chance to get a victory that for, you know, some people are poo pooing some of the Cowboys victories, which are mind blowing to me because they won most of them with the backup quarterback against defending Super Bowl teams, champions on the road at home against another six and two team, whatever. And then you got the giants, another six and two team in a divisional game, NFC, NFC, NFC East. Very important. After that, you get three AFC games, all against the AFC South. Colts, Texans, and Jaguars are not good teams. You expected to win those games. You win those games, are you going to get a lot of respect around the league? Probably not. And then you get the Eagles and you get the Titans. Those two games will be extremely important and, and, and help you kind of get some momentum going to the playoffs against good teams. But this stretch right here, I expect them to get these victories. But for me, it's not the Packers, it's the Vikings. Um, there's just something brewing in Minnesota, a bit different. They've been battle tested of late. They're not blowing teams out. They're not really winning comfortably. They seem like a tighter knit group. Um, I respect their defense. Their offense is figuring it out uh, with the new uh, coordinator. And they got a really good wide receiver group, a really good run game. And I know it's Kirk Cousins, and we usually beat Kirk Cousins. 
Uh, but this is Kirk Cousins at three o'clock. Not not Kirk Cousins in prime time. You know one thing about I say about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it seems like this happens, if not every year, every other year. There's always this back and forth with Kirk Cousins of what is Kirk Cousins? Is he is he in the really good quarterback conversation? Good is quarterback he a bus driver? Every time Kirk Cousins starts giving people hope that he's on the good side of being Kirk Cousins, he have those he'll have those moments. He'll have those moments where you go, see, this is why we can never trust Kirk. <laughs> right. So like like now he got the shirt off and the chains and he's doing all that. Now people are starting to say like, oh yeah, look, Kirk Cousins, he's he's in that conversation now of being the really good Kirk Cousins. I'm like, yeah, praise him because every time you start to praise Kirk nice. Cousins. And every time you start, you start putting him in that conversation with quarterbacks that he don't belong with, he shows you why he doesn't belong with those quarterbacks, and they'll lose two or three or four straight, and then they'll find themselves having to fight at the end of the year to get back in it because the quarterback play has been poor. So I love when they begin to praise Kirk Cousins because he can't handle the praise. For whatever reason, he just crumbles when team when when, when he's kind of when he floats under the radar. And ain't nobody talking about him. Yeah, he'll go be ho home. He'll go about his business. But the moment they start putting expectations on Kirk Cousins and his teams, and and now he has to show up and perform because now everyone's looking at him, he folds like cheap lawn chair, like lawn furniture. So yeah, keep praising Kirk Cousins because I, I I'm hoping to go to uh to to, to Minnesota next week and next week. and and bounce on his head for a little bit. Part of me, if I was in that, if I was Kirk. I'd be like, man, I wish I would have just kept this within the locker room uh, because now I got a bullseye on my back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got a bullseye on my back, and teams, when they come in, guarantee you, when they sack Kirk Cousins, when they pick off Kirk Cousins, they're going to be putting on the chain and doing the dances and, and, and going to get in Kurt's head. So if I was Kurt, I'd be like, damn, I wish I would have kept that on the, on the bus or on the plane. <laughs> just let us have this camaraderie now. Like you said, pressure's going to be on me, man. Yep. But, yeah, I also expect them to get these dubs uh, as well. Final question of the day comes from Bands 5, and it's interesting. It, 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 I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to phrase this in two ways. I want you to be brief with the first one, then we, I want to talk about the second one. He says, based off of what we've seen so far midseason, and, and, again, this is draft, so what positions are priorities in the draft, and then he's saying, assuming we sign Odell, we'll talk about Odell after that. But based off what you've seen so far, we don't got to go super drafty, but we could just say, what positions kind of concern you that you may maybe we want to take a look at in the offseason? O line, cornerback, O line, cornerback, O line, cornerback, D line. I would say wide receiver might be in there, but he did say assuming we signed Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I got one for you, and this ain't because I'm concerned. Running back might be one of them ones, man. Might nope. be one of them ones. Nope. You think Zeke come back? Nope. You think Tony Pollard think... gets signed? Yeah. Oh. I do. That I, would... think, I, I think I think they're either I think they're gonna sign Tony Pollard. Um and they're going to continue their their Tony Pollard. They're they're not going to do the Felix Jones situation where they make him a feature back. No, I think you, I think they still like Rico Dottle. I think they still like um, Malik um, Davis, like uh, Malik Davis. And I think that gives you still that one-two punch where those guys can eat up some of those heavier blocks. 
and to me, I'm I'm not the guy who who buries you know running back or like thinks running back is an outdated position. But I think there'll be enough veteran running backs that are on the market that if you needed to bring another one in, you know, if you if you needed to bring a guy in like, you know, I, I think the Raiders are going to get rid of Josh Jacobs next year. You know what I'm saying? There's guys like Josh Jacobs that'll be available. Um, you can always draft off. one too to to you do like the tandem stuff. You want a veteran one, someone who's kind of you know understands how to be a pass blocker and a professional, that kind of stuff. And you need somebody like that. There's more than enough guys across this league. Guys like Philip Lindsay, guys like Raheem Moster, guys like Jeff Wilson Jr., guys like uh, I mean, there's a ton of running backs that you can kind of fill in that spot if you need a you know a, a, a thunder to Tony Pollard's lightning. So yeah, I would love to keep TP. I just. Stephen Jones. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. I'm a little skeptical about them keeping it, uh, Tony Pollard. And maybe they'll be scared because of the Ezekiel Elliott contract, you know, when they sign him. But I don't think he's going to cost you, you know, Ezekiel Elliott money. But, no, man, even- I would love that. All right, and then he said, assuming we sign Odell, but but that's – this Odell, is, there's so much to the Odell thing. Um, I What I don't know, though, is where do you stand on? Like, where do you stand with Odell Beckham with the second, you know, ACL coming off that, uh, his his fit here in Dallas? Does it make sense to you? Do you would you do you look at an Odell acquisition as a uh, just a rental or something that maybe multi year? Like, there's a lot you can unpack with Odell, but I I don't know where you stand. So, tell the nation where you stand on this Odell Beckham Dallas Cowboys situation. I'm very clear and very open about where I stand on this Odell trade. I know it sounds good in the media. I know it sounds good as the name Odell Beckham. Mm. He ain't the same player. Mm. He ain't the same player. He, he, he isn't. He's not the same player. And I'm on the other side of, of the Odell signing. I don't think you should sign him. Mm. I don't think you should sign him for a number of reasons. And here are they are. One, He's 30 years old. He's coming off a back-to-back ACL injury in the same knee. If you sign him for this season, and, and here's why Odell Beckham is looking to get a multi-year deal. This is why he keeps floating that out there. Because Odell knows in his heart of hearts, I'm not ready to fully commit and to not fully commit. I'm not ready to fully compete at a level in which I need to compete this year. And if I get on the field and I show them that I cannot do it on a one-year rental deal, then I hurt my chances of going somewhere else next year and banking on some money. But if you give me a two- or three-year deal, then you commit to me for another year, and I can kind of meander my way through this end of the season and now be able to get another offseason and rehab and, and get my leg back underneath me and then get to a point where I can perform next year. That's why Odell Beckham wants these uh, these multi-year, he wants this multi-year contract. Secondly, there is something very eerie about the fact, and you can call me crazy, you can say, Jesse, you off your dead, you out of your damn mind. But we live in a time of if it ain't on video, it ain't happening. And if you go back and you remember Odell Beckham when he heard his knee the first time, you saw all of these videos of him working his way back in. You saw him moving and sprinting and running routes and giving you the illusion that he was ready to come back and play. We ain't seen none of that this time around. Not on Instagram, not on TikTok, not on Twitter, not on anything. That tells me, what are you hiding? What, do, what, do you, what, do, what don't you want us to see? What don't you want other teams to see? 
why, 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 why haven't you, why haven't you been brought in for a workout? Why haven't doctors been able to see you? All of those things to me play a part in my mind. And and, for, and then for the Cowboys, for the Cowboys, they're saying he's supposed to be cleared on Friday, medically cleared by what doctors? Who doc? His doctors? What yeah. what doctors are medically clearing Odell Beckham? Not team doctors. I was about to say I don't think the the, the clearance is probably coming from his side, but wherever right. he wherever he potentially visits, those doctors are going to have to see him. That's usually how it works, right? Well, absolutely. Yeah. But he's yet to go in to see anybody. Right. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't courted right. any teams quite yet. Right. So so that's another red flag to me. And then secondly, let's just say for 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 kicks and giggles, he signed with the Dallas Cowboys into an office that he has absolutely no knowledge of. And he signs after Thanksgiving. That'll give you three to four games, right? I mean, we're, we're hell, it's already tomorrow, like November 10th. Yeah, that's a far away to say. You want to get him in as soon as possible. He's taking his visits. Yeah. Odell Beckham loves this attention. He loves to be courted. He's not going on one visit and leaving. And not he's going to see San Fran. He's going to see Buffalo. He's going to come see Dallas. And that's it, it, it's in the mix. He's going to go be courted. Facts. I promise you, he loves this attention. Then his he'll sign somewhere along the, the you know, like, like I said, November 17th, 20th, somewhere around that time. So after that, it leaves you about three or four games left in the season. Now, we saw what Michael Gallup looked like right when he came back. Michael Gallup was at least working in someone's training camp, was at least working on someone's practice field. He at least had information and knowledge of the offense. If Odell comes to the, to the Cowboys in the last quarter of the season, with no OTAs, no minicamp, no training, absolutely zero knowledge of this offense. It's going to take him every bit of those four weeks yeah. to even get in any type of playing shape. Then what are you going to be for us in the playoffs? That's my biggest thing is what do you want to be for us in the playoffs? Because I just don't think he's capable of moving the way he say he's supposed to be moving. Well, that that's the unknown in that aspect. But I think the playoffs is what you would be signing him for, wherever he goes, whether it be Dallas or wherever. Um, and those ramp up games—that's the new new term now. It, it would be used for that. Even the situation with the Rams, right? When he came off his injury, he played throughout the portion of that season. Like he had more than four. Yeah, games that was in. different. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it wasn't like it wasn't like he was unfamiliar when they got in the playoffs. He wasn't unfamiliar of the style, the technique, the the, the he he had found a role. They had found a role for him. That's why I think it's important to get him in there sooner than later. But again, that all comes down to Odell. Odell is going to pick and choose when he wants to be signed. Right. Well, whether whether it's Odell or, or the Cowboys or any other team, I think it's important to to get him in. Like to, to get him in here so he can get acclimated. But I want to go back to your first point because I think actually teams should approach it the way that it sounds like you would be down on, which is I think they should approach it as a long-term situation. I, I don't think this is like last year. This isn't – he didn't play all season in Cleveland and didn't get traded to, to, to uh, the Rams. If you're expecting Odell Beckham to come to your team and be a savior of sorts for, for, your, for your squad – I think you're looking at it wrong. Uh, if you're if you want Odell Beckham to come in here year one and potentially and hopefully add something for the playoffs 
and then build on top of that in the offseason, I think that's how teams should approach it if they are truly interested in Odell Beckham. Because I don't I don't really don't know that you can expect Odell Beckham to be peak shape Odell to help you get over the proverbial hump as opposed to being a cherry on top or a bonus or a luxury for five, six games for 2022 and then rehab, uh, not rehab, I'm sorry, but uh, off-season work, training camp, mini camp, et cetera, et cetera, learn the playbook, more of the playbook. Let me ask you this. If you do get him in here, I'm my guess, not, not being a professional football player, if it would feel like it'd be hard for him to, to get the entire playbook and way of doing things down in a four-week span. But is it possible to get certain packages? Because Odell's not going to come in here and play 50, 60 snaps. It's just not going to happen in four games right. because they don't. the Cowboys don't play that way. But is, there, is it possible where, you, where you're getting you know, 25, 30 snaps out of an Odell Beckham in these, in these 11 personnel packages and that's kind of his, hey, we're not going to feed you the entire playbook right now or ask you to do A, A through Z because it's unrealistic. But if we can get you to be really good at these X, Y, Z things, do you think that's something that could benefit him uh, moving forward? Yeah, 25 to 35 is a lot for him. I'm thinking more mm. 15 to 20. If that's the case, he comes in 15, 20, 11 personnel, third downs. Um, again, the thing that you love, that you always loved about Odell has been, for me as a receiver, is his ability to, to separate at the line of scrimmage and his ability to run routes down the field. And I don't, I just, I just, man, the human body is an amazing, amazing thing. But we're talking about eight months ago, he tore his ACL. You know what I'm saying? Like eight, nine months ago, he tore his ACL. And then now bringing him back in here, I, I don't know. And I asked a question to him the other day, and I was surprised I got a, even got a response. You know, I, I, I asked him a, quick, a question on Twitter about turf said, and I, I grass. Yeah, turf or grass. And now you have to come back and, and play again on turf and grass. There's a, there's a mental hurdle that he has to get over, as well as a physical hurdle that he has to get over. So, yes, to your question, there are packages that he can put him in where he's saying, listen, we're going to give you five, 10 plays, 15 plays, right? And they're probably going to all look the same. So that you're not having to think as much because right. you already have enough on your plate of learning the system. Um, but is he is he effective enough at the line of scrimmage again? Is he effective enough down the field getting in and out of his breaks? And I can I can point to Michael Gallup and go, here's a guy who is younger uh, than Odell Beckham. Maybe I don't think Michael Gallup was ever the route runner that Odell Beckham was. But we watched. Not even a player. I've watched Michael Gallup struggle to run a curl route. And this is one ACL for him. This is back-to-back on a 30-year-old. So that, that to me, I just look at the body and I go, boy, you got to be you, – you got to be – and Odell's an exceptional athlete. But there is some wear and tear and some toll that your body takes with this age and with these injuries to be able to come back and do what you once did in an offense that – isn't in my opinion, and I could be, I, I have not been, they haven't shown me otherwise. In an offense that isn't creative enough to scheme you open. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the guy that you say, I don't need to because you're an exceptional route runner and things like that. But as yeah, we're, the old 
to me, the old old Beckham Odell was that. I don't, I don't, I don't know what this new Odell Beckham is. And and as we're I talking, believe that coming off no 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 football in the last nine months, zero, absolutely zero football being played of any kind in the last nine months, not even flag football in the last nine months, that you automatically just come right back in and all of a sudden you're this great player. I get the name. I get the pedigree. I understand it. But boy, to go from doing absolutely nothing and get into the heart and the meat of the season, the meat of the season, and to be an impactful player in in an organization that you have no no prior experience in, that's a tough ask. And that's why I would not sign Odell Beckham to a one-year deal. That's why I would be looking to get him extended beyond that, especially when you can make the money work. And that's kind of the more and more we talk about it, the more the, the all the fair points you're making, it's it's making me even more so not wanting to just bring him. In. Why would I why would I bring him in here to be a savior if, if I know he's not going to be at that peak level to save anything? And, and all, I, in all honesty, he, you should bring him in here. And I know he played more in the Rams, but him use him in a way the Rams did. They didn't ask Odell Beckham to be wide receiver one, throw you the ball 15 times a game. You. Or two. Or two. Yeah, they just said, hey, man, we need you to just be a part of this machine, and uh, we'll see where that le- you know leans us into in the, in the postseason. Now, he ain't played all year, but but that thought process, right? Hey, Odell, I'm not asking you to come in here and replace Amari Cooper. I'm just asking you to come in here and give us a little bit of – be better than Noah Brown. Be better than Simi Fayoko. Be better than – I know that's very low bar, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he can give me something from that wide receiver uh, three position uh, that – I don't think that a Noah Brown can give you if unless you're talking about like blocking and things like that. But Odell may come in and be your best contested ball. And I, and I like Michael Gallup, but I'm talking about real contested balls across the middle field, not just 50-50 balls, right? And bad ball throws is what Brian Broaddus calls it too, right? He wanted the best at that in the business, man. And, and I just think, you know, get him in here, whether it's here, whether it's anywhere, but invest. And if the money's right, if you can make the contract right, I think it's a low risk, high reward, not a high risk, low reward to me. Uh, yeah, I'm on the other. I'm on the other side of it. Money wise, though, what if the money work? What, what if it ain't, it ain't it ain't crazy crazy expensive? Well, what's crazy expensive to you? Because he, because he's he's been open to saying he wants something like a Michael Gallup contract. Something like three years was thirty six million, where you get like sixteen guarantee with some weird. You know, the contracts are weird because you oh, can right, make right. the money jump. So when people always ask me that question, like, what would you think of contract? I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. All I can give you is years because the, the money is never the money. It's, it's, it's always something in between funny money, incentives, injury-laden deals. We did that with Sean Lee. I feel like this is right up Steven's alley. Like, ooh, injured player. He's a veteran. I got kind of some control here in how we want to do this contract because he doesn't have a – you know, a whole bunch of leverage in the sense of, uh, you know, I'm on this team and X, Y, Z. Steven can say, hey, these are the incentives or these are the the uh, uh, you know clauses, injury clauses or what have you. I think maybe, you know, it's something that could play in their favor con- contractually. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> I, just, I find this a little bit and maybe we can still we're still halfway through the week and maybe some comments may come out later on. You notice the people who are who are from the Cowboys camp who are publicly speaking out that they want Odell Beckham. I hear CeeDee Lamb said he wants Odell Beckham. 
I didn't hear no, I don't see Noah Brown and I don't see Dale Tolbert. I, <laughs> I don't see those guys saying that. Yeah, you know what? I wonder if they talked to him today because I, that is interesting. I would love for them to ask C.D. Lamb about this, who I would imagine would walk him in Odell Beckham. I mean, now Michael Gallup, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, that's interesting. But but Micah spoke about it. Zeke spoke about. It. They've asked him though. It's not like except for Micah. Micah, he you know he goes on Twitter. He says whatever he wants. But yeah, they asked but, Zeke about. It. We want We need it. We want Odell Beckham. He's like, we want all that. Hey, all that, we want you. you come on, Zeke? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, we have been talking about it here in this locker room, so I wonder who the we is. He's not going to tell us, but I would love for them to ask C.D. Lamb. Put the mic in the phone. What do you think about yeah. Odell Beckham? Let's hear what he got to say about it. Because if I'm about, if I'm about receiving one, I'm, 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 I'm like, as Zeke, like, we don't, we don't really need him. We don't need him. But I saw you on Twitter say, I mean, there's that side to it, but then there's also the other side of, I get somebody here to help me out, free me up. Yeah, yeah. there, there, there are some that will say that. There are some that will say we don't, we don't need him. Right, but I'm saying, what about the other side? The other side of, hey man, definitely you're somebody like you're here. Zeke say the other side. I'm talking about the receiver. You, because you, you was oh. like some receivers will say, nah, because some, some somebody tweeted you and was like, well, what would yeah, yeah. why receivers be upset or something like that? And he was like, yeah, that's one side, but then there's the other side of a receiver may say, hey, I'll walk on that because it'll help free me up or give me some help on the outside. Yeah, most of the number ones are not going to say that. Well, I don't think Lamb's... You think Lamb would be affected in a negative way from that? I, I don't see that happening. There's certain personalities, and Lamb is more laid back, but there's certain personalities that even though they say that they want to come in and just be a part of it, there's certain personalities that can't help themselves but want to take over. Talking about Odell. Yeah. And and when you and when you don't have it, like to me, I think I think at times that um I think Omari fit because he's just low profile. And when, when you have guys like CeeDee Lamb, who's more of a low-profile kind of dude, he's not a very vocal dude. He's not really like, a, you know, a, a, a braggadocious type dude or a guy who's going to really be up and speak really loudly about a situation or, 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 or circumstances. That a, a player like Odell Beckham can come in and influence the locker room in a way of just, you know, taking over it because he's just a dominant personality. Not, it's, not, it's an alpha. He's an alpha. He's a, he's a, he's really 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 an alpha. And if there's no if there's no real put your foot down type situation that comes to that, then he's a guy that can kind of get in there and be like, "Yo, this is me. I'm as you say, I'm him. I'm hey, him." Cream rise to the top. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with a little internal competition if if that's the, as long as it's not you know stirring up anything negative, right? Um, right. I do know that that Lamb was definitely leaning on Amari Cooper, like that was big homie. That was that was best friend type of thing. Like my my right. veteran presence because I didn't you know that was my veteran presence. Right. You ask your two year experience wide receiver to now be big homie, and he wasn't even finished figuring out the NFL yet. <laughs> and you know I wonder if Lamb or yeah yeah Lamb. Would walk him, big homie. Would walk him a cat that can say, 
because it's I mean again like you said because because you're you're stirring up some questions that are interesting because I'm like dang I wonder if Odell because it sounds like Odell was is maturing a bit and understanding I'm not the guy I was before yada 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 but the questions you're stirring up are interesting but I was looking at it in a way of well he welcome being big homie for the first time in his career he hasn't been that yet yeah and and, and some guys just aren't made to be big homie. Right? Like, that's just certain dudes are just not made to be big homies. Like, I'll give you my example. Like, um, like Roy Williams wasn't good big uh, homie. Yeah, no. <laughs> he wasn't. Contrary to some to popular belief, Jason Witten wasn't a good big homie. I know everyone's going to say he's the ultimate. He's not a good no. big homie. I made a comparison, and I, and I said a lot of Cowboy fans will be mad at me, but I said what Dalton Schultz is doing right now for these young tight ends would have never been possible, would have never been allowed with 82 never. here. So, And I never. said, Cowboy fans, you can be mad, but what I, I, commit, I, I applaud Dalton Schultz for putting his ego to the side on a franchise year where he could be begging and whining and, and being and moaning for the ball and, and helping out these two young bucks. But I, but I digress. Like, to, like, like for me, Patrick Creighton was a great big homie. Patrick Creighton, Patrick Creighton would sit down with me and, and show me things and film in the playbook on the field and never felt threatened that I was trying to come for him. Same thing, Sam Hurd, good big homie. Like, yo, nah, listen, do da 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 Knowing that I had the potential to come in and possibly have his spot. And, and then inevitably, it ended up happening. He, they moved me into the spot that Sam Hurd played, and they traded him away. But Roy, who's my Roy's my great friend today, horrible big homie. When it comes to that, horrible. He was like, bro, he'd be like, man, watch film. Maybe we'll get you get out of here, man. Watch old Dan Phil with you. Like I'm going and, home. And like the injury like, aspect, because the injury aspect is a great unknown. Like we don't know if he's if he's the health wise. This portion of the locker room, because from most insiders and everybody around the league, he's not a locker room problem. Like he's actually liked and loved in the locker room, but the leadership, he's never had to do that. When he went to Cleveland, it was Landry. When he right. went to, to uh, LA, he had Cooper cup was already there. Those guys aren't too far removed. Um, and he, so Cooper cup may not be older than him. I think about the same age actually, but he was more experienced in that offense. So, he, you know, he had to, Hey Coop, I, what I got to do here? X, Y, Z. This, that Robert Woods was the big homie in that. Rob, there we go. I knew somebody else. I was missing Robert Woods, um, Victor Cruz when he was a rookie and, and a young buck in New York. So this is another kind of one of those unknowns. Not is it unknown he'll be mature in the locker room? No, he's always been respected and loved in the locker room. But right. the unknown of, hey, can he be that mentor? Can he be that leader um, that that he would, if really he would be? If he were to come in this room, whether people would be upset or not, that's Odell Beckham. Right, like that is Odell. You can be mad, Semi Feoko, Jalen yeah. Tobert, Noah Brown. That's Odell. Okay. Right. And when I right. talk to um ah, what's his uh play for the Steelers? McFadden. Brian mm-hmm. McFadden. He had he had talked about, you know, Troy Palomalu of the worlds, and there was a couple other cornerbacks of the worlds where if they said be here on Tuesday. <laughs> on an off day, yeah, you better be showing up. If they, no matter how you felt, 
no matter about the person, you, you knew that what they're trying to do is what's best for this team, X, Y, Z. This would be the first time in Odell Beckham's career that he would be in that position to do so. So another unknown. There's a lot of really unknowns. I just I don't know Odell personally, but he just doesn't come off as seem to be the guy who's like, who's big bro material. Not that he's a bad guy, but I just don't see him as a guy that's like, yo, on two, let's come in and watch a little extra film. Like, right. I, don't, I don't see him being that. And then in this city, like, this is not New York or L.A., but you, you can you can become a pretty big figure in this city. And I think if Odell, I think if Odell is in this city, he's going to adapt to the city life and you're going to have that. He's going to have that Odell personality. So, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at this. It's so funny you bring that up. He had a quote with the complex. I really want to re- watch the rest of that interview. But he said, I'm, I'm look. I want to settle. I want to settle down. I've done the rock star lifestyle. So he's even admitting, like, yeah, I yeah, I was, I was wild, and I was doing my young this and that, that and this. But he talked about being older, being more mature, and all this growing and stuff like that. Talks, he has a family, has kids, and all the kids. Kids, and all yeah, that. you know, uh, yeah, yeah. His, his life is, he's getting older. We all, we, I'm, I'm done with that that party lifestyle, and and it, you know, I wonder if it's one of those things where the light turns on getting older, you know, you're towards the end of your career, you even said, I got like three or four more years left and I want to, I want to be in one place, but, um, can he take, can he, can he take on that role? That'll be interesting. Whether it's here or not, I'm going to, I want to follow this. I think it's, in, it's very intriguing for Odell Beckham and the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, the team that he talks about, oddly, oddly enough, he won't have to take on that role. He goes to Buffalo. Stefan Diggs got that. He goes to San Francisco. Debo Samuels got that. So, you know, that's why I look at I look at those places and I'm just like, he 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 fits better in those other places because they have really, really, really dominant number one and number twos in those situations, whether it be Debo or Travis Kelsey or whether it be Stefan or and Gabe Davis. How about say what about KC? Them receivers. Huh? How about say what about KC? Them receivers, man, Juju and Mark. Yeah, I mean but even KC like KC, Andy Reid makes you fall in line. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about, we ain't heard nothing from Juju. We ain't heard nothing from Juju Smith, too. So this is the dude who couldn't stay off TikTok, couldn't stay off Twitch, couldn't stay off dancing. Yeah, all I, don't, I don't follow his other stuff. But, yeah, he was all on that. But I would yeah, just I just meant, like, the, the wide receiver. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just, he doesn't come off as having the, the I'm going to take you under the wing. Let's go watch film together. There, There's no, I mean. I mean, I say there's no evidence. I'm not in locker rooms, but there's no evidence of him being that guy to do that, right? So we we can't sit here and pretend that he's going to do that. We don't know. We right. just don't know. But boy, I would love to find out. <laughs> good, good stuff today. Great conversation. Good questions, uh, Jesse. Let them know where they can find you the rest of the week, man. Got a good one uh, on Sunday. Find me on hanging with the boys, 1 p.m. Central. Uh, DallasCowboys.com. You catch me on Believe. You can't see my shirt, but it says Believe. Uh, Believe this Friday with Jack Kavanaugh. Um, find me tonight, I mean, with Will, and then Sunday with Will again. You find me on Twitter at Mr. Fourth and Long. Uh, holla at me everywhere. Yes, indeed. Sunday, game day live. We got Texas live. This is a road game, so we'll be back in the revolver this week. We'd be moving all over in there, but regardless, come through, Show check Show us out. Up. Yeah, we have a good time. Uh, I'll probably go crazy a little bit, but that's just me, man. That's just, just me being a fan. So come through, man. 
Oh, you can find me on A to Z Sports Dallas on YouTube and Ask Skywalker still on Twitter. With that said, we're going to get up out of here, man. Appreciate y'all, Cowboys Nation. We are out. Peace.